Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice for the third time and join us this week with Pastor Jeff. Hey, Russ. How you doing? I am on fire today. Yeah, like all of my responsibilities, and so this is our third take. <laughs> we 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 were like halfway done and realized we weren't recording. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, God wills it. And in, in line with that, I don't need leftovers. I need the whole pizza. I haven't listened to the sermon yet. That's so. okay. But you read my notes like thirty <laughs> seconds ago. I've I've thoroughly prepared. Uh-huh. Well, you've been prepared to preach in case. I couldn't with some of the health stuff going on in my family yeah, with right now. Yeah, before too with Matt a little bit. Yeah, like, with the yeah. baby exactly. I'm like half reading, researching the, each passage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this week's sermon was titled "In Christ Alone" mm-hmm. from Hebrews 13. We're about halfway through that, or a little bit more. Uh, your main points this week are: is Christ is our only hope, Christ our reasonable service, and Christ our eternal reward. Mm-hmm. So this week, uh, I, I want to just touch on one thing real quick from Christ's Our Only Hope, but then I have some more questions around the reasonable service component. Yeah. Um, the only hope piece is uh, is just everything that Hebrews has been talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, even a couple weeks ago, we're not at Mount Zion anymore. Come to Mount Zion. This is this is all new game, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not dealing with earthly things, shadow things. You had shadow in your in your sermon several times. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing with the actual substance now. And you have this quote from Charles Hodge. It says, The denial of the propitiatory death of Christ or of his resurrection from the dead is a denial of the gospel. So that's half of the, the statement. And first mm-hmm. off on that, like we have got to get to the point where we can call things like that false teaching. Right? Yes. So much teaching and preaching out there that misses little points and pieces of this that aren't I say little, like they're foundational, yeah. right? Um, and, and we so easily drop into this like semi-Pelagianism where we're, so, we're okay, it's all good, we're gospel-centered, I believe it's Jesus, right? Right. And so you ask someone, how, how are you going to deal with your sin? Hmm. And they can't actually name it, right? Right. Because they don't understand what it means to have a propitiatory, substitutionary atonement, right? Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, if you don't believe that, it's a denial of the gospel. Yeah. Because he goes on to say it's a refusing to be saved according to the method that God has appointed. Yes. That, that's massive. No, it's huge. I, as, um, as the kingdom of God advances and the dark forces of evil raise up their head uh, harder because they know their defeat is imminent. Right as the kingdom of heaven advances, it looks like to us like things are getting worse, and it's it's all horrible. But you know, um, it is darkest right before the dawn, and God is on a timeline outside of ours. So it seems like a long time, but not for Him. Yeah, I don't know if it happened or not yesterday, but I was trying to encourage Greg to use the chorus from Glory Hallelujah. Yeah, towards the end of service. Yeah, I'm like, hey guys, last Tuesday sucked, but yes, pray on, yes. shout on. Yeah, exactly. We're we're gaining ground. And so you see that happening, and there's been, there's a lot of talk right now in like the the broad tent of Christendom about um, working together with like-minded people to push back against the forces of evil, and they liken it to like the elves and the dwarves, and you know <laughs> men coming together. And I think there's a, definitely a place for that. You know, um, Paul talks about 
um, those who aren't against me or for me. Um, when disciples are concerned about certain aspects of the message, Jesus is like, they're proclaiming the message. Mm-hmm. So there's a place for that. But I, I really think we got to be careful to, as time progresses and uh, evil pushes back harder, to really hone our doctrine that much sharper, mm-hmm. right? There's a, I think there's a danger sometimes to be like, well, um, those are the bad guys and we see it really evil and dark. There's no doubt about that. But these guys over here, they're not as crazy as that or they believe in some of the things we believe in. And so let's work together. And again, we can definitely work in certain certain uh, sandboxes together, mm-hmm. play in certain sandboxes together. But I think as time goes on, the church has to sharpen its doctrine more and more. We have to be willing to not let things slide um, in our own church, in the churches in our region, in the churches in our country. And we need to call these things out uh, for what they are. Really kind of going through uh, a mini-reformation in yeah. many cases. Yeah, well, well, Christendom is not coming unless there's a, a, a reformation revival in our country. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. And I believe it will. I really believe it will, but you know, so I can, I can play in the same sandbox as um, some Catholic priest friends that I have. You know, pro-life, I'm thankful for the work that they've done in that realm, um, and in some other realms as well. Um, but I, I heard recently, um, it's Bishop Barrow, uh, Robert Barrow, uh, he's got like a podcast and stuff, and I think he was interviewing Ben Shapiro. Um, and he, the bishop basically said to Shapiro, who's a professing uh, Jew, he said, um, Jesus uh, offers grace and salvation to those outside of Christianity, uh, meaning um, Jesus is the means. He said Jesus is the means for that. The grace is, it comes through him, but it, um, it comes to you as you, um, how, how you decide to express it. So if you decide to express it, Ben, um, through, through Judaism, God's grace is to you and, and, and heaven can be yours. If you just, if you just believe and if you believe in that and you believe in your expression, then, um, then God will save you. That, that grace is offered to you through Christ as you believe your conscience and what God has called you to do and lean into. And, and he didn't reference the scriptures, obviously he referenced Vatican too. <laughs> um, and, and you look at that and you say, okay, th- there's two people that, uh, seem to be in in some ways pushing back the darkness, right? But if they're not pushing back the darkness through Christ and his substitutionary atonement and work, then they're doing nothing but, but putting padding around a corpse, mm-hmm. right? They're just sending people to hell um, with a false hope, yeah. right? I don't know if this is uh, 100%. I, in fact, checked that this is authentic, but it's been floating around on social media. Um, someone asked Ben Shapiro sincerely, how do you think someone can get to heaven? He said, essentially, you get into heaven even if you're not Jewish by fulfilling the seven laws of Noah that the vast majority of people on earth already keep. No idolatry, no blasphemy, no adultery, no murder, do not steal, do not eat the flesh of a living animal, and establish courts of law. (laughs) Ben's going to have some explaining to do, and he's not going to be able to reason his way. He's not going to be able to own Jesus. No, in no that matter argument. how fast he talks. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But didn't I do many things in your name? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Did, in, in your name, push back the libs. 
No. Here's the tears. I baptized myself with the tears of lips. Right. No, it's Christ alone. And what's, and I, I, I want to make that emphasis because that's what the author is doing here. I think you could say, if you look at the, um, you know, this Jewish audience he's writing to, you could say, well, you know, this was, this was part of their heritage. This is a part of their culture, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Well, yeah. and 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 this this sacrificial system <laughs> was what brought them to Christ, mm-hmm. right? As a picture, we've been talking about that. So, what's the big harm in them kind of adding some of those cultural mm-hmm. um, norms? You know, it's and who they are. It's who they are, right? And so we can accept that, and we see that kind of rot in our churches today, where we where we're being fed this lie that the church. The church has to emphasize and push multiculturalism. The, mm-hmm. the church has to embrace all these things. And all those things are good and beautiful. Right? We love those things. But that's not the mission of the church. It's yeah. not the job it's of the good church. and beautiful as they reflect the glory of God. Exactly, as they reflect the glory of God. Because what makes a people, what makes a people is a common love for one thing, regardless of their heritage, regardless of their ethnicity. Yeah. Right. Amen. I, I do believe that every tribe, tongue, nation will sing before the throne in their language mm-hmm. because God's the one who gave them that language and the ability to speak it. But they will have one love, mm-hmm. and that's Christ. Yeah. And so what we've gotten away from, though, in the name of, quote-unquote, justice or equality, and and you name it, these, these um, seemingly loving, uh, sacrificial... Um, ideas have slithered their way into the church mm-hmm. uh, and we've gotten away from preaching one love which is christ his banner above all right mm-hmm. you, you see this all through the bible you see this at mount sinai right we're we've got the nations coming under one banner and i could go off down that trail for a long time but the author is he is just being like super hard-nosed here on this and saying you really believe that your little food menu which is pretty funny if you think about it, mm. um, is going to give you some kind of a strength mm. um, in sanctification. He's like, and you of all people <laughs> uh, should know that that's, that's utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, as you've seen now the the glorious power of the resurrected Christ. But uh, but at the same time, they would have been the most to be tempted by it, right? Yeah. So I I i was thinking about this the other day and i was thinking okay for for the original audience and for these jewish christians who would have been more tempted with the ceremonial food laws and so on and we don't know exactly what it was mm-hmm. but they were in some ways probably taking some of the old customs and then just trying to blend them mm-hmm. you, know, you see that that's a very like pagan thing to do mm-hmm. you see missionaries like boniface going you know to the germanic people and so on and they're like sure we'll accept christ do you see missionaries going to native americans out west sure we'll accept jesus as a as a part of our very spiritual um heritage Mm -hmm. and belief system um and so that's what they were kind of trying to add to christ and i understand that that's going to be much more tempting to them uh, than it would be to us today so in line with our culture um, as as American evangelicals and as American Christians and and all those kind of uh, heritage words, what do you think are some things that we are, in particular, um, tempted 
specifically tempted to syncretize yeah to syncretize like so these jews would have been very tempted to try to add to christ their their food you know special food rights yeah thoughts i don't know i've fought against this for pretty explicitly for a while um in our church i don't know um this is why history has always been so important to me because I want to be able to look back past 100 years and see them doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're here or in Geneva or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in our church, I don't, I don't know. We need, I need a minute to think about that. When I look at the broader church, um, I see general syncretism. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so the incorporation of um, not just style which i think is where my brain wants to go first it's beyond style and its identity mm-hmm. of bringing in all these other identities to say no that's that's cool that's acceptable it's part of this because mm. um, <clears throat> my brain kind of sees some of that in sports yeah um <laughs> like in football <clears throat> your regular fan you know 30 years ago uh looked like jerome bettis you know right it was mean looking was you know full of beer everywhere <laughs> um and then now we have different month celebrations uh on awarenesses in for each month in nfl for for breast cancer for mm. you know uh all these other things and then you, you start bringing in all the pink jerseys and right all the stuff and, and none of that is necessarily bad but my point is just the, the way that it has adopted yeah everything that was going on in the culture when it was its uniquely own thing right so again no moral statement necessarily on any of those in particular but that just full-on adoption like no we want to breach because it's, it's what it is we want to reach as broad of a people as we can yeah it's just wear whatever color jersey you want you know this year you're a steelers fan next year you're a browns fan and that's okay right. when it's very not because they're rivals right and it's the same but whatever you know mm, that yeah. kind of thing I see the church doing of bringing in any of these other things that may or may not be moral in themselves. A lot of them are. Yeah. Um, but just saying, hey, we want to reach people for the name of Jesus. Yeah. So let's just bring it, bring it into the camp, and we'll sort it out later. Yeah. That happens all the time. That happens in our relationships where we swallow those random pills of people because we just want to get to, we don't want to, you know, put up any barrier. Yeah. And I've seen that, you know my entire ministry hmm. um, from being overly conscientious of what my kitchen looked like less people you know see a bottle of alcohol right to you know boniface camp now we're like hey guys like this is this is who we are at least you know yeah <laughs> like and wh- why do you want a double standard why do you want it different right um to the way that we think about music and then style can kind of play into that but yeah i just see that general syncretism as the issue which is why for me personally again i push so hard on church history like i want to be able to look back 200 300 500 600 years ago and be like no they're, i'm doing the same thing they are yeah i'm just plugged into a sound system <laughs> <laughs> right yeah we were talking about that um i said i think i said something in my sermon about when people revile you because that's a part of the text that uh, you should embrace the reproach of christ go to him um suffer the same approach that he has suffered um, and you can laugh off all of the <laughs> slander coming against you because you stand with Christ and the prophets. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. So we Absolutely. have, we have Christ, we have the prophets, we have 
2,000 years of church history on our side. Yeah, one of the things I noticed the a scriptures. lot in high school when I was talking about my faith, I certainly was not backing it up very well, but uh, when I talked about it, people would say, well, it's just your interpretation. And that really rattled me, and I was mm. like, it is. Like, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, so what can I do to, like, say, and it's right? Yeah. Uh, and so college, you know, helped with that a lot. But, yeah, for, for me, when I, you know, read a Charles Hodge quote, and I can say yes to all of this. Right. <laughs> That's not just, man, that's a cool quote, or man, he worded that well. It's, I'm in the same spot that they were, yes. you know? That's, yeah. That matters. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think that as we, one thing I tried to make clear yesterday is, the at this point, the author is talking about justification, the means of justification. He's, he's not talking about the results of justification. Hmm. Um, and I tried to make that really clear, because we've been pounding good works, holy living, righteousness, because that's what the authors pounded a lot, right? Yeah. These are the byproducts of true faith. But he's, as he's wrapping it up, trying to be clear again, uh, crystal clear, the means of grace is Christ alone. And without that, you're not going to have any real lasting fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be able to walk in holiness and righteous living. And so... Oftentimes we can get a little bit rattled when we start to examine our lives and say, well, do, do I look like a Christian or not? Well, yeah, I look like a Christian because, well, I'm, I see the good fruit. And you should see the good fruit. Like, that's an evidence for your salvation. And mm-hmm. I, I want to restate uh, that again here, that when you examine your heart, when you ask the question, which I told you yesterday, you should ask the question, am I really a Christian? Um, and when you start to examine your heart and examine your, your works and ask others, it's okay for them to say yes because I see these good fruits in your life. Mm-hmm. But right there is the key. Do you rest totally, completely in your good works or do you rest totally and completely in Christ alone? What gives you the feeling in your heart of peace? That's why I think on each of these cases you see some kind of component of worship. Yeah. If you should turn you to worship, you should be like, thank God for the grace for right. those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, if those things should be there and they should flow immediately into worship. Yeah. Praise God from whom all these blessings have flown through my life. Yeah. Praise God for the work he's done in, in me. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good, I, I think I mentioned this yesterday in the sermon. I know I mentioned it in my class before the sermon. Um, what Jesus gave us. Uh, in salvation is not a new self-worth. He gave us new confidence. So self-worth talk is garbage, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's a that's a celebrated false teaching in our churches today, self-worth. Jesus did not give you self-worth. You had no self-worth, and he didn't give you new self-worth. He gave you new confidence because your worth is in Christ now. Mm-hmm. So a good gauge for when you are examining your life saying, am I really a Christian or not? And you see those good works, praise God. But what is, what does Jesus say that others are supposed to see your good works? And what's that supposed to make them do is glorify your father. So the worship component, glorify your father who is in heaven. So if your good works give you a, a false sense of self-confidence, um, and that, that worship is, is attributed to yourself Mm -hmm. and the good works you've done. And that's the, rest that you now have from the butterflies that you just had when you asked the question, am I a Christian or not? Then you're headed down the wrong path. You're putting, you got your food menu like those Christians that the author's talking to saying it's Jesus plus these things. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm eating these sacrificial foods and those other guys aren't, you know, 
so I, I must be better because it makes me feel more at peace because human beings, for whatever reason, they don't like the idea of not being able to contribute something. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know that hard-nosed man who's like, he would rather like die and starve than ask for help, <laughs> like in the Westerns or whatever, like, yeah. or, you know, you watch like Little House on the Prairie and he's well, like, well, if you insist. Right, exactly. I don't want to be hold, I'm not beholden to no one, mm-hmm. you know, like that's an extreme example, but we all like that. We, we want to be able to put our hands on something and because it feels real and tangible to us. But if you, but if you can say my confidence I see these good works, but the only reason I have these good works is because of Christ, and he is the means for my justification, my only hope, and that's the thing that gives you rest, then you're in a good spot. Then you understand what we're talking about. And I think in our church, I gave a little bit of a list. You know, we've given lots of lists and attacked our idols through this series, and that's been really good. Um, But I think that it can be really easy for us to um, think that the means of our salvation or that peaceful feeling that we get in our heart is that when our kids behave better than the kids in the pew next to them or you happen to you know hear somebody in home group say hey pray for my marriage or they're confessing asking for prayer and help and in your heart you have this thought <laughs> of they're like my marriage doesn't need any prayer my marriage doesn't you need pagan. prayer yeah i'm doing better and that's i'm eating these foods and i am I am better than you. Sure. And yeah. that can be a, a, a false sense of, of justification, right? Yeah. No, I think uh, – I'll start with this. Uh, my coach sent me uh, a text after – I don't want to be overly dramatic. Uh, there was uh, – I, prof- I don't think that's possible for you. <laughs> if you were overdramatic, you might just be normal. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. It's the nicest thing someone said to me since this thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, there was a, a bit of a kerfuffle in the in the gym. It was a brief moment, but my coach sent me a text just to follow up on stuff later. And it wasn't between. Well, I guess it was between me, but anyways, it didn't bother me. Nonetheless, he sent me this uh, text. It was pretty long, was, and uh, the one of the things that was cool is towards the end. He said, uh, "I would also be remiss if I did not tell you that your compassion and relationship with God and family." Challenged me to be a better man. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for bringing you, uh, for, thank him for bringing you through mm-hmm. that door. Uh, see you Monday. So that is when they see your good works, they should yep. praise your father. Exactly. Like that is assuring to me <laughs> Yeah. as it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so then the response ideally for me then is praise God for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your reasonable worship. It's my reasonable worship. And so uh, there's this tension in Hebrews all along, I think, that most of our people have felt. And maybe it's just time to just call it what it is. If you all along are still freaking out about your salvation, um, you need to deal with that like this week. Yeah, that's true. Be done. Yeah. Um, let, yeah us be, let us be rid of it, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, if you are good to go, Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It, I I think that uh, the surety that we're supposed to know from a propitiatory death of seeing him go outside the camp for us, right, mm-hmm. substitutionary aspect, yeah. is supposed to be grounding. It is. It's in Christ alone, so let's go. Yeah. 
Um, the the shakiness that we might repeatedly feel has got to be has got to be done. You've got to do something with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that at dangers is otherwise you'll start sinking to bring in our earlier thing more and more things in to try to level that off. Yeah. Well, that's not the answer. No, it's a shadow. Yeah, it's a shadow. It, it cannot strengthen your soul, and it's easy for us to think so, especially when the going's rough on the straight and narrow and you cross over the style into bypath metal and it's lush and soft and easy and well other people have gone in this the right way direction. it's in the right it's it's generally in the right direction and i can still see the main path um yeah it's easy for us to make those excuses i used um holy spirit since i go and recalculating yes recalculating. yes yes get back on the path um and 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 I said this yesterday, and, and so and I'll I'll emphasize what you just said because I don't know if people people heard it or not. Wherever you're at on the path, whether you're standing on the straight and narrow looking at the style to go over into bypath meadow, or whether you've got one leg up, or you're standing on the other side, or whether you're lost in darkness, like they ended up being lost. Um, the good news of the gospel is that you can repent, confess and repent. So Amen. if you gotta confess that you're not a Christian. Um, then do it. Today's the day for Today's salvation. Today's the day for salvation. Do it, right? Like, I remember talking to a young lady one time who um, was coming to the realization that she wasn't a believer, and she was in her late 20s, and she thought she'd become a believer when she was like 9 or 10. And, um, but the evidence just continued to be clearer and clearer, and she was very convicted by that. And But one thing that kept being a hang-up for her was, she kept saying, but then what does all that time in between my so-called salvation and now mean? Like, it was it just all wasted? Like, I was pretty devout, and right? <laughs> and it took a while, uh, but eventually, really what needed to happen was just for her to say that a few more times, but actually listen to what she was saying, mm-hmm. right? Like, trying to play something back for somebody. Say that out loud again. Right, yeah. and then she realized her pride. Amen. You know, and she realized, what does it matter? What are you trying? What kind of face are you trying to save? Mm-hmm. Right? You're dealing with life and death here, so so the grace is open to you, and it's not like everybody in the church is going to be like, "Oh my goodness, I cannot believe you were in a Christian." They're going to rejoice. The angels rejoice, mm-hmm. right? Amen. Uh, they didn't rejoice at your false conversion. <laughs> Because you weren't converted. Uh, yay, she's 40 proof now. <laughs> right, right, no. But now that you're 100, they rejoice and we rejoice as well. So if that is holding anybody back or if anybody in our church would have those questions, because you know, we've said that throughout our, our series, like, hey, look, we, you know, there's yes. people in our church that aren't believers. Yep. Right? And churches are afraid to say that, you know. That's like a dirty um, topic mm-hmm. because, you know, we're not supposed to doubt our salvation. Um but I'd rather push in on it and find that, no, it is secure because it's built on the rock mm-hmm. or to find out, no, I'm in quicksand and I need help. So if anybody has concerns or questions, like talk to us, mm-hmm. talk to somebody, yeah. right? Because today's a day of salvation and it's not worth keeping up some kind of appearance because you're afraid of what people are going to think. Like we're going to rejoice with you. Right? No, for every believer that's a believer, it's a hundred proof. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all Jesus. And, and for people who have been walking over in Bypath Meadow being stupid you know who are believers get back on the right path and we will rejoice with you mm-hmm. right like yeah it reminds me of your sermon 
a month ago of people in the race who are just kind of looking around. Yeah. Like, I'm in the race. I'm here. I'm <laughs> right. Like, Bro, yeah. you know, you're not. People are flying around way. you. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and I think people, th- oh, there's so much shame in that. And Well, there is shame because you're walking around where you shouldn't or you've stopped running. And that's not a good thing. And shame's a proper motivator in that sense. But there is rejoicing and uh, and real joy and happiness and embracing when we move forward. So just take take advantage of this gift, right? Stop trying to keep up some appearance. Mm-hmm. Like, confess and repent, and let's go. Yeah. You know, we love you. Let's do it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's helpful for me. I'm sure uh, the sermon was a banger. Well, you'll, uh, you'll find out if, if you ever listen to it. I will. I always <laughs> listen. Uh, I hope it's been helpful for you guys as we wade through some of that and really try to bring it home to uh, where you're actually walking, uh, on the path that you're on as you look down at your own feet. Yeah, man. So, Like, trust. I said yesterday at the end, like, if you're doubting, if you're confused, if you're like, I don't see the fruit, or um, I don't feel like my faith uh, is in Christ alone... It's okay to ask those questions, but if you're just having to go the ups and downs of the rocky, straight and narrow, like Christian and hopeful, just trust the process, right? Well, Christ, Christ is the one who holds you. Remember, the anchor goes to heaven and it's latched. It goes from your heart to heaven and it's latched around the throne. There's one section you had on here about the being the bride, um, yeah, the marriage, and I, I said this something similar to it last week. And I was going to this time, and you kind of bring it up. It's no love obey like yeah people getting hung up on the am i obeying right am i obeying enough am i obeying mm. him am i obey blah 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 do you love him like yeah. this is the end of john peter do you love me yeah so let do you love jesus yeah that is going to answer all of your questions about obeying <laughs> yeah yeah like and i will that's where we go with our kids exactly. you know you know what you're supposed to yeah. do yeah trust the process do man. you trust mom and dad do you love them yeah run with patience the race is set before you looking to jesus right the author the finisher of our faith and mm-hmm. i'll quote lee again get canceled twice like these these like these things are sound these deployments are sound yeah right he said the rest is in god's hands but like these deployments are sound. Like, we can rest in that. Mm-hmm. It works. Yep. You know it works. There's and it will continue to work. In. No, there's nothing else that will give you, you peace. So to throw down all that stuff in your hands, run to Jesus, and find life. Yeah, well, I want to encourage you guys to, indeed, go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. And we'll see you next time.